The scripture reading this morning will be taken from Numbers 10, verses 29 through 32, and I will be reading from the King James Version. And Moses said unto Hobab, the son of Raguel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are journeying to the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come thou with us, and we will do the good for the Lord has spoken good concerning Israel. And he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. And he said, Leave us not, I pray thee, for as much as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. And it shall be, if thou go with us, yea, it shall be that what goodness the Lord shall do unto us, the same will we do unto thee. Good morning and welcome to our Sunday morning worship service. We're grateful for your presence. We're going to be looking at Numbers, the 10th chapter, in just a moment. We'll be noting verses 29 through verse 32, and we invite you to turn in your Bibles and study with us as we contemplate this great text of Scripture. We're grateful to those of you who are visiting. As always, we encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. If you are currently looking for a church home, please give consideration to the work here. As always, we would be more than happy to have you come and join hands with us and work, worship, and serve with us in the kingdom in this community. I want us to think for just a few moments about what is recorded in the book of Numbers, chapter 10. And as I said a moment ago, we're going to be looking at verses 29 through 32. The theme that I want to call your attention to today, we're going to the promised land. In this passage of scripture, basically, that is the theme. Moses and the children of Israel were on their way to the promised land. Spiritually speaking, you and I, we are on our way to Canaan. They were on their way to physical Canaan, but we are progressing toward spiritual Canaan, that is, that home in heaven. The Bible tells us that our citizenship is in heaven, whence also we wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are said to be strangers, sojourners, pilgrims upon this earth. And so I want us to think for just a few moments about what is recorded in these verses. As we think about the theme, we're going to the promised land. The first thing that I would call your attention to is the pilgrimage. And as we think about the pilgrimage, we want to know the destination. Now, according to Moses, God's people, the children of Israel, they were journeying towards Canaan. Now, back in chapter 3 of the book of Exodus, God called Moses to become ultimately the leader and lawgiver of the Israelite nation. And God said unto Moses that he was going to deliver the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. And that he would bring them to a large and good land. To a land flowing with milk and honey. And so... That was the place that the children of Israel were embarking upon. Note, if you would, verse 29. In verse 29, Moses says to Hobab, 
we are setting out for the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Now, you and I, we are embarking on a spiritual journey. That is, as we live here on planet Earth, we are but strangers, sojourners, pilgrims. And so we are striving to live in such a way so that ultimately our destination will be that heavenly home that we read about in the scriptures. Now along this journey, we understand that there are going to be some disappointments along the way. As a matter of fact, we're going to face any number of things as we journey here on planet earth. And I think as we contemplate some of the disappointments that we face, they are not unlike some of the disappointments that the children of Israel faced during their journey. Let me call your attention over to chapter 13 for a moment. Because in chapter 13, we find God instructing Moses to send out 12 spies to basically survey the land of Canaan. These men were to go out to survey the land and then bring word back unto Moses about this great land, the land that, as God said, was flowing with milk and honey. Well, what did the spies report? I want you to think for for just a moment about what is said in verse 27. In verse 27, here is the report given. We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. All right. You have a little bit of unrest among some of the spies. And so in verse 30, the text says that Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now I want you to think about Caleb and Joshua. Here were two men of great faith. They, along with the other ten spies, had surveyed the land. Their report was favorable. And yet, on the other hand, you have ten spies who gave an unfavorable report. No doubt a disappointment to Joshua, Caleb, and Moses. We'll look at chapter 14 for a moment. In chapter 14, the Bible says that the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. The people wept that night, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt... Or if only we had died in the wilderness. Now, can you believe this? Can you believe that the very people that had cried out for deliverance by the loving hand of God, these very people are now saying, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Look at verse 4. So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Now, you want to talk about a disappointment. Now think about those of us that are members of the body of Christ as we embark upon this journey towards spiritual Canaan. Are we going to face disappointments along the way? Absolutely. We're going to be disappointed in people. 
We're going we're to be disappointed from time to time in brethren, in the circumstances that we find ourselves in. These people were a disappointment to Joshua, Caleb, and Moses. And I think about the disappointments, the heartaches that we experience here on planet Earth. But then also note, if you would, the defections. The Bible says in verse 12 that God said to Moses, I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Now you know from reading chapter 14 that God prohibited the Israelite nation, those who were 20 years of age and above, from entering the promised land because of their disbelief. They had, in short, defected. The Bible says in verse 32, As for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. Your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years and bear the fruit of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, forty days, for each day you shall bear your guilt one year. Namely, forty years, and you shall know my rejection. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do so to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. I want you to think about this for a moment. We talk about this pilgrimage that we're on. We are but strangers and sojourners here upon planet Earth. Our ultimate destination is Canaan. Now these people, they were moving towards Canaan. And yet because of unbelief, because of murmuring and complaining, God prohibited them from entering the Canaan land. In short, they did not all make it to Canaan. Many of these people missed it. Now let me ask you this question. How many of us are going to make it to Canaan? To spiritual Canaan? Not all of those people made it. Will you make it? In other words, will you be in heaven one day? Not everybody's going to make it. It would be my prayer that each and every one of us who are here today will one day be together in heaven. But here were God's people. And they were moving as a congregation of people towards Canaan's land. And yet they didn't all make it. And so I think that the admonition to us is we must persevere, we must be faithful. We must continue to trust in the Lord. But then also, think about the distractions. Now, God had summoned Moses to send out 12 spies to survey the land. And the spies came back. Ten gave an unfavorable report. Joshua and Caleb, however, they gave a favorable report. Think of the distractions 
that these ten spies caused among the children of Israel. You and I today, as God's people, we're going to face any number of distractions. The world poses any number of threats to us. When Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, he said, I beseech you as strangers and sojourners, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. John said, love not the world, neither the things which are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, the lust thereof, but he that does the will of the Father shall abide forever. Now there are going to be some distractions along this journey that you and I have embarked upon. The question is, will we remain true to our God? So we think about the pilgrimage. But then in the second place, let's note the plea. Note what Moses says to Hobab. In verse 29, he said, we're setting out for the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us. Here is the invitation, the plea. Moses wanted Hobab to journey with him, to journey with the children of Israel to the promised land. What is our plea to people in this community? What is our plea to people today? Come and go with us. We're going to heaven. In other words, we're striving to live in such a way so that one day we enter spiritual Canaan, the promised land. That is our home in heaven. Well, we want to take as many people with us as we can. Is that not what the Lord desires? Was it not Jesus that said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life? Did Paul not say, God commendeth his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us? The appeal of the cross is that the Lord desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy chapter 2 at verse 4. Peter said, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3 verse 9. Our appeal to those in this community, to those in the world is come and go with us. We want people to travel with us. In other words, we want people to join us as we travel to Canaan. Will you go with us? Are you willing to come and join hands with us and take this journey to Canaan's land? Why should you embark upon this journey with us? In other words, why would you want to go with us? Why should you? Let me give you some reasons why. You should want to travel with us in this journey. Number one, all of the blessings that are before you. Now, God said to Moses, I'm going to lead you to a large and good land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, before us is heaven. And I think about all of the intrinsic blessings associated with being a child of God. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1 at verse 3 that all spiritual blessings are in the heavenly places in Christ. God has abundantly blessed us. 
The Bible says, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits or blessings. God has bestowed a number of blessings on us. What are some of these blessings? What are some of the blessings that you could have that could be yours if you will join hands with us and take this journey? Well, number one, you will enjoy the benefits and the blessings of the blood of Christ. The children of Israel were delivered out of Egyptian bondage. And according to the book of Exodus, God set forth the Passover. And on that Passover, they were to take the blood of the lamb and place that blood on the doorpost and lintel of their homes. In so doing, their firstborn would be spared. The Bible says that Christ today is our Passover, 1 Corinthians 5 at verse 7. Jesus shed his blood for us. You can enjoy the benefits and the blessings of the blood of Christ if you'll come and go with us. Now, how do you do that? In other words, how do you appropriate these benefits or these blessings associated with the blood of Christ? Well, you have to be baptized into Christ. You have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, John 8, 24. Repent of your sins, confess his name before others, and then be buried with him in a watery grave of baptism. When you do that, you contact the blood of Christ. Paul said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. You can enjoy the blood of Christ availing in your life. It's interesting that Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 and 2, that the children of Israel were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. We're baptized into Jesus Christ and we become a member of his body. We become members of the church, the ecclesia, the community of the saved. Why do you need to be a member of the church of Christ? Because the Bible says Jesus is the savior of the body. When you're baptized into Christ, you become a member of the body of Christ. You enjoy the blood of Christ. And think about this. Your name is then entered into the book of life. Your name is placed on that heavenly register. Jesus said in Luke 10 verse 20, Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. When you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, your name is recorded on that divine register. The book of life. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 20 that on that great and final day, the books will be opened and another book will be opened, which is the book of life. Will your name be re recorded in the book of life? Will your name be in the book of life on that great and final day? So we think about the pilgrimage and the plea. But then note, if you would, the promises. In verse 29, Moses said, we're setting out for the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well. For the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And he said to him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my kinsmen. So Moses said, please do not leave. 
Inasmuch as you know how we are to camp in the wilderness, and you can be our eyes. Now look at verse 32. And it shall be, if you go with us, indeed it shall be, that whatever good the Lord will do to us, the same we will do to you. So here you have the promise, the exhortation. Moses is saying to Hobab, come and go with us. Take this journey with us. If you do so, we're going to do you good. In other words, we're going to treat you right. Why do we want people to come with us? One reason is because we're going to treat you right. We're going to, we're going to try to treat you like the Lord would want us to treat you. We're going to try to practice the golden rule that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 7. I said just a moment ago that the invitation was set forth by Moses. The invitation is open to those of you who are here today to come and join hands with us. We're on our way to Canaan's land. We're on our way to the promised land. We're on our way to heaven. Along the way, along the course of life, we're going to experience some highs and lows. But I think that there will be some joyous times in this journey towards Canaan. What can you expect? What could you expect by joining hands with us? I think about the church here at Olive Branch. What do we have to offer people in this community? We teach them the truth, they obey the gospel, they become members of the Lord's church. They're added to the body of Christ, they become members here. What do we have to offer those people? Number one, we can offer them fellowship. Peter said, we are people of like precious faith. In 2 Peter 1 verse 1. We enjoy fellowship with one another. When John wrote in 1 John chapter 1, he said, Truly, our fellowship is with God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son. But you see, that fellowship is not just vertical, but it is also horizontal. We we enjoy fellowship with deity, but we also enjoy fellowship with one another. And so if you will join hands with us, we can extend to you fellowship. And also friendship. Some of the best friends that you will ever make in your life can be in the church of our Lord. There are people in this congregation that have been friends for years. We extend an invitation to people in this community to come and join hands with us. What do we have to offer these people? Fellowship, but also friendship. Solomon said, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There are people that I've come to know and to love and appreciate in the body of Christ that I am as close to as any fleshly family member. I'm sure the same is true for you. This is what we have to offer people. The Bible says... A friend loveth at all times. Someone said on one occasion, a friend is one before whom I may think aloud. A friend is an ally, not an adversary. 
Moses told Hobab, we'll do you good. We will treat you right. You come and join hands with us. We will extend to you fellowship. Out of that fellowship, you will enjoy friendship. Friendships that will truly exceed earthly ties. Born out of this fellowship and friendship, a spirit of fondness. I think about the food and the fun, the fellowship that we enjoy here as as a congregation of God's people. And you can experience that. But you've got to begin the journey with us. Let me ask you this question today. Are you on your way to Canaan's land? We sing that song. I'm on my way to Canaan's land. Moses and the children of Israel, they were on their way to Canaan's land. As a congregation of people, that's what we're saying to the world. We're on our way to Canaan's land. Our invitation to people in this community, to people in the world, come and go with us. And the promise is we'll do you good. You come and join hands with us, I promise you, we'll try to do you right. We'll do you right. Because we're trying to be New Testament Christians. Because we're trying to be the kind of people that God would be pleased with. Today we ask the question, are you bound for the promised land? Have you obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ? Here's what Peter said on Pentecost Day. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. When you do that, the Lord will add you to his church. Acts 2.47 You'll then enjoy all the spiritual blessings that you read about in the Bible. And if you're faithful until death, the promise is the crown of life. Today we ask you, are you bound for the promised land? Are you living faithfully to the Lord? Jesus said, be faithful until death. The promise, I will give you the crown of life. Are you living faithfully to the Lord as we speak. I said a moment ago that among the children of Israel, there were those who defected. Sometimes people become unfaithful. They do not live faithfully to the Lord. The beauty is you could be restored. You could be back in fellowship with the Lord. I said a moment ago, Some didn't make it. Some didn't make it to the promised land. Will you make it to the promised land? Would you come as we stand and sing?